Hello, everybody. We missed you. Back with Liga MX, Liga MX action on the Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 367. The Copa por Sky, Copa Mexico is done. It's over. Chivas choked. We're going to talk about that. We also cannot ignore what's been going on on the other side with the U.S. national team. Greg and Gio Reyna and the family going at it. And then t uh, talking about Alexis Vega, Antuna, and some of these players that have are either refusing to go to Europe or having issues with going to Europe. Uh, that and much, much more. But before I go any further, let me welcome my good friend, Joel. Joel, how are we doing? I'm good, Jaime. Ready, ready for this next season of, of Liga MX action. And um, I'm like what I'm seeing on their... Yes, 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 yes. I don't know if the fans are calling him, but um, I had a good feeling on, of him seeing his resume. I was like, okay, I could see him working just because he, he seemed to have done good with youth. And it's something that even in the press conference, um, Don Fierro, I mean, Don Hierro was talking about, right, we need to take advantage of the youth. Um, just, of course, you have to, you don't have a choice. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I thought having a coach that has good experience at, at the, with the youth, it, you know, that's a plus. Yeah, Absolutely. Quick shout out to our YouTubers. They're they're uh, begging to start the show. Layana Del Rey, thanks for hopping on YouTube, and uh, Juan Herrera from Chicago. So loving that. Uh, as far as Pau's uh, resume, he did win the under twenty World Cup with uh, Serbia, right? Yes, sir. Beat Brazil in the final. Yeah, man, that's not an easy feat at the youth level. And then he, you know, as a player, he was at Atletico Madrid. He, he spent a lot of time in Spain. And that's a plus because his Spanish is really good. His Spanish is better than my Spanish. <laughs> and uh, we'll not, we won't talk about Chicago Fire because I think it didn't. I mean, he got them to the playoffs, I think, uh, initially. But then towards the end of that uh, tenure, the, the fans sort of turned on him. But I think it was more of like the front office's fault of not being able to give him reinforcements. And then he was at Reading. Not sure how he did there, but he was there for two seasons. And now at Chivas, I mean, looking at this Copa por Mexico, I know you got to take it with a grain of salt. I know we can't get too excited, but the, the fact is that he did have a perfect four out of four record going into that, into that final against Cruz Azul. And unfortunately, in the final... Um, you know, it was about who took advantage of their chances. Chivas had a few, missed them, and Cruz Azul didn't. They they put him away. Uh, second goal, questionable with uh, Wacho Jimenez. He kind of kind of messed up on that one, and uh, I'm starting to have my doubts about him being the the, the starting goalkeeper for the regular season. Uh, I would like to give Tala Rangel an opportunity. Hmm. And Juan Herrera says, it's dope when Hueli goes into deep dives into history. Also, shout out to him for being the only... Shout out 
to him for being the only logical Chiba fan out there. The rest of the guys are delusional and always contradicting yourself. <laughs> uh, Finally, another man of culture out there. <laughs> he just there likes is, the there sweet, is, uh, he, he likes the sweet dulcet tones of your voice. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I did not I did not pay him for those compliments. <laughs> Wait, you, I can hear you typing. Is that you, bro? You're just <laughs> you're the one. You're the one in the YouTube chat giving yourself praise. <laughs> you're, you're doing a you're doing no. a Kevin Durant right now and tweeting from your uh, burner phone. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I I blame the media um, because they're that's that's kind of their job to hold sensationalize things exaggerate them what's bad they make it worse yeah what's good they make it even better and i think for especially fans that are just beginning to watch you'll start believing that because you know you're not watching something like especially something that you think is like news and thinking that um half of it is a bunch of bullshit you know you're thinking uh, you're, you're believing a lot of these things and I remember being like that when I started watching football in a lot of my concerts. Then you start seeing, that's what I've always promoted If you could see interviews with players, the kind of type of interviews, and we're beginning to see more now because of podcasts. Yeah. Um, even Monte Morales has his own podcast. Everyone's got a podcast. <laughs> and you'll have the players and sometimes there's players that are no, no longer active so they're more likely to, to give more info and uh, they're not always going to be they're not always going to even those guys they're not always going to tell the truth mm -hmm. so, you know some of them they're not going to admit when they um, you, you kind of have to read between they, the lines yeah or when they mess up but you could begin to put together pieces of the puzzle like the shit you heard and then what this person said and what that person said. And, and that's big. I think I enjoy that more than the actual games. <laughs> Just as a, as a cheese me. Yeah. Um, Which we, if we have a chance, we could probably go into some of that stuff because there was one pretty telling about uh, Bofo Bautista uh, in, in Ramon Morales. So I didn't, I didn't see that one that. yet. What was, the, what was the juice? What was the sauce? He was blaming the De La Torres for kicking him out of Chivas. Not um, surprising. I don't think that was like a but, secret, though. Yeah, but the thing is that he's a player that had been... He ended up being pretty bad in pretty much almost every team he was at. So, like, I, I, and I thought, well, this was, man, this was going way back, and I didn't really pay attention to if a player's on loan or if mm -hmm. it was a purchase. I didn't know when he, he was at Tecos. That he went really unknown, and he was two seasons there. In both seasons, they they was back to back finals. finals. Yeah, and I didn't know that that was still unknown, and they still didn't buy him. You know, it's like he was at that point one of the best prospects in in Liga MX. He goes to Pachuca, another final man, and um, mm -hmm. they don't even buy him. You know, it it ends up being Chivas that buys him. Wait, so his Deco's his his carta belonged to Decos the whole time? Yeah, it, yeah, I didn't know that. And wow. I'm just going off. I'm going off of Bautista. That's crazy. Yeah, 
So, so I, I, so you gotta, you gotta take some things with a grain of salt too, because Joel has uh, De La Torre uh, goggles on, but he will <laughs> never find a fly in them, right? But, no, I, I, I guarantee you that there, that there, because I was the one who posted it on our chat, right? And so, uh, it's, it's a pretty entertaining interview. Granted, as what's his name, Bofo, Bofo's not, not a choir, uh, choir boy for by any means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it does sound like, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Chepo de la Torre decided to, uh, to go into business for, ins- for himself to get rid of Bofo. And then, uh, of course, uh, Vergara wasn't cool with that. So things were fixed later on, but, but it's a good, it's a good interview on that, on that podcast. Right. Yeah, I, I honestly think it. that they're, uh, you know, the 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 La Torre has the uh, the you know the personality of a of a rabid you know animal, <laughs> right? No, I, I, and and both both Bofo likes to play grab ass on teams, right? So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel no, just really quick. I, I do agree. It was it was because I, I think um, and this will be this will be Chepo, and I do think his he does have like. His attitude, he doesn't warm up to players, and it sounded like a group within Chivas was against him already. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. and I do think that's part of why the selection when when they um when they ended up struggling there in the hexagonal, I do think that was part of it. He just didn't have that that type of personality where he could motivate these guys to uh, to improve. And it's a shame too, because he's tactically sound, man. He's a good coach. Well, his record, his record was really good going into yeah. the hexagonal. He had set a couple records um, for wins and all of that. And yeah, I think that's that did him in finally. Um, yeah, I, do, I do agree on that part. There, Colasso. I don't, I don't, I don't take him any from Paul, but you know, fans forget that um, Buffalo had ended up like at odds with the coach and even players and had even fought teammates. So he he was already like a difficult person to and and he kind of like throw himself under the bus when he talks about when Hans Westerhoff arrives to Chivas and he tells him, All right, I want you guys to come to Maritrain and I want you to be wearing this. I, I want you to wear this outfit. And he shows up wearing like completely like Going off of his words, like kind of the opposite, you know. Yeah, they, you know, Hans wanted him to wear like a suit or something like that, and, and he showed up like, like in comfortable clothing and big and sweats. And he's like, "Well, I have to be different." He says, "All right, dude, what the fuck, you know?" I'm, I'm, I'm like, I could start seeing already why, why some of these people would would end up, you know, not liking them. Yeah, um, it, sounded, but, it sounded like it was a divided locker room, right? Yeah. You know, you him know. and um and La Volpe were on Maestros de la Jugada, and you could see like the two schools, the two schools of thought, and La Volpe could care less about their personal lives outside of the pitch, and uh, you know, Chepo was more about the whole discipline, yeah, on and off the well, pitch, twenty four hours a day, and it's just like, you know, neither one is wrong or right. I I do think that like it's just manager styles, but I will say if you are with a younger crowd. You gotta get. You gotta let these fuckers like, like roam a little bit. They're kids, bro. You I, know you can't have them act like adults their entire career. 
No, but again, I mean, Jaime, that's part of that's part of the issue, though, too. Though, if you're a professional athlete, there you go. That, 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 is your, that is your yes. job, right? You need to be yeah. professional, and and I think that's where Chepo was probably right. He can, he, you know, he can lead you to water, but can't say, make you drink, man. I would say until it affects on the field performances, they can do whatever the fuck they want, bro. Well, I think the effects on field performance though is too late. Huh? Go ahead, Alex. Once it affects on-field performance, it's too it's late. Too late. Yep, agreed. But there are players that like y- you have like the Ronaldinos and stuff. Just... Uh, that's an exception. You I know, I know it's an exception, but you you do have Ronaldinho, a. Pl- I'm not. Are... I'm not trying to compare Bofo to Ronaldinho, but they are of the same like as far as style. They're very creative players. Very like think they do things that no other player can do. Even in, like you can go to training. <laughs> And and you can't even come up with that kind of shit that they do on the field. And but Bofo was so inconsistent. He was inconsistent. Yeah. I will give him that. And that <clears throat> that and that's where you start to criticize the player on, on the off the field performances. But at the same time, the bro, they're a wild did. horse. You can't tame a wild horse. I don't know. No, no, you, this, you, you you can't. But uh, what Joel was saying is that there's exceptions to every rule, right? Yeah. So. so you know, when you put out uh, Chicote and, and all those guys that were out drinking whatever and they were playing like crap that season? I don't think they, they were playing they're, they're, like crap, dude. They were in fifth place. This is during the pandemic, like, where you couldn't go out. And they, you know, some, some of these guys weren't, weren't up to par, right? And so if you're, prof- if you're professional, you, you, you have to show up to work, right? And again, I just wanted to go back to that point Chepo made that I agreed with is, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. You ha- that person has to put in that extra work instead of going over and and you know, hey, I'm gonna yeah. go and 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 start lifting a f- uh, instead well, of lifting weights, I'm, I'm gonna go lift a few six packs, right? I mean, <laughs> and then it goes, it ties into the whole Europe thing as well because and not they're more the strict. Thing, you also got to consider what club you represent. You're not representing Querétaro, Puebla. If you present a top team like Chivas, America, whatever, you also got to live that lifestyle because the club is giving you a great salary. Uh, if you do well at the club with off the field, you know, as far as like uh, sponsorships and things like that. I don't think America players have ever conducted themselves professionally. They get hookers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they get lap no, dances before games, bro. <laughs> Is it poles before goals? <laughs> <laughs> They're scoring off the field so they can score on the field. And, uh, no, but, but my my tattoo was uh, Chucky Lozano. That story we heard, right? Of his he, he's showing up to training and the coach sees him with sour face and just kicks him out, sends him home. And 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 Montreal was talking about how Hans expected them during uh, training that they had to play hard, even if it was a cascarita. Like, you had to tackle hard. You had to, like, go all in. You had to play balls to the wall. And and I think that's when we've seen some of the players that struggle is because I do feel that's some of the difference in mentality where they can be more relaxed in Liga MX, and then when they go abroad, it's like, oh, shit. But, you know, it's it takes them by surprise for some of them. And when, when you have someone like Bofo that lacks that discipline and they tell them, hey, bring, bring this – Bring your your trainers, and he shows up in sweats and a in a hot topic T-shirt. Then you know what I mean. At, at that point, you start going at odds with the coach, and he starts benching you or not giving you minutes. Um, so that was kind of my my take for that. But I, 
I don't want to, I don't want to taint all Bofo. I think for me, the best part of the interview was uh, his whole thing at, at uh, Boca Juniors. So experience in La Bombonera. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know this part, or if I did, I forgot. He said people, like once he was inside the locker rooms in the back, they had to barricade themselves in there because people had gotten in. Oh, they got in. in. They were pounding the door and they oh, said they were like, shit, dude. yeah, they were stacking things there. They were, it was probably the, he, the same staff that they let, let in the HS. <laughs> no, you're right. It was because during the game, you see us, and he talks about this too, but you could see it if you ever get to see the replays. Uh, one of the securities helps helps uh, one of the fans. Oh, I bet, uh, dude. I'm sure they armed him too with fucking <laughs> bottles and shit. Yeah, well, for some of these, sometimes the club employs them and they employ them through like, yeah, like Tavara Brava and shit like that, or like club socios that own whatever business, and then you know it's they're all connected. So that's that's where you get that. But yeah, I. I I recommend that. Um, Colasso, you remember the name of it? Is it just uh, Ramon Morales? Um, I may have subscribed to it, suggesting. <clears throat> well, I'll make sure to get that over to Hyman. Yeah, um, I'll find it real quick. As far as uh, talking about the mentality or like the discipline, there was something that uh, sort of got aired out with Alexis Vega and everybody thought he was going to have all these offers going after the world cup. And in the end, I don't think he received any. He talked about how he had an offer for like a six month trial to go to Europe and he, he didn't take it. And people are like criticizing him for, for doing that. And then you have players like Antuna who are kind of being held hostage right now at Cruz Azul. He's trying to leave. He's trying to go to, I think Greece. And Cruz Azul said that the offer was too low. So Greece is a fisherman's league, Jaime. Really thought they have money. Yeah. <laughs> so you have sort of like the two attitudes. You have one player who's like not willing to take a risk on a six-month trial. Then you have another player that's trying to go back out in Europe. Antuna was in Europe. Completely and... different situation. Apples or oranges. Yeah. So what once are your thoughts on it, Habibi? an actual offer. What happened? One is a trial and one's an actual offer, like an actual contract. True. That's True. the big difference. I mean, Antuna's not being offered a six-month trial. He's being offered a three-, four-year contract, and that, you know, gives you stability. Why would you want to go to Europe six months? The coach gets fired. You get injured. Whatever happens out of your control, yeah. you get sent back home, and now European clubs you think you suck, and you might have ruin your future chances of going back to Europe. That's what I and not only that, you, yeah, and you lost money there too because you know you were you, you're you're the, taking a pay cut. Yeah, I mean, I would have to know what team it was that offered a trial. If it's like a team like you know. Real Madrid, Manchester United. <laughs> I'm just saying it depends on the like Jurgen Dem had a trial at, at Manchester United at one point in his career. So did uh wasn't on hey, but how old was he though? Well was the he rumor like, is that it was 15? wolves. That's the rumor. Wolves? 
Yes. And you're not willing to take that risk? You're not willing to gamble on yourself? That's a, that's They're the thing that Ugo... relegated. They're relegated. Hugo Sanchez said that he was willing to like take a risk and gamble on himself and he wasn't really he didn't really care about all the other factors outside of him just trying to play play well and sell himself. And I agree, you know, a player like Vega, his pedigree and go him, go him going to the World Cup, he shouldn't be getting a six month trial. He should fire his fucking agent for that. Like he <laughs> needs well, he I needs agree. a he needs a Jorge Mendez to whore him around, dude. Like I don't understand these agents at times, bro. Like any other player that had a uh like the stuff that Alexis Vega has done would already be in Europe, dude. Well, yeah, I don't know if you heard Camo talking about him during the the maestro de la jugada. He was full of praise. He said he, he could he play, play anywhere league in Europe. And I mean, I know fans are fishing him for the World Cup. But that's what three, four games. You you really can, based off of the World Cup. And we talked about this in the chat. How um, you know, we saw the opposite with um, Jaime. It was in James, the Colombian. Right? He ends up having a great World Cup. He he sells for records fees, and then he sort of like disappears. He went to Madrid when. Majid was just uh, getting the players of the, the the flavors of the month, so to speak, and yeah, he kind of just fills fills his doubts. But at the end of the day, man, it's like you have uh, what's that one player from Argentina selling for like 135, going to Chelsea? Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, bro. They're just they're just paying that World Cup tax. Yeah, he's not worth that at all. Yeah, we did have uh, Cesar Montes. He went to oh, wait. Espanol, and he didn't need six months to uh, adjust or adapt. He already debuted in the <laughs> Copa del Rey. Like, bro, you're just hating at this point. I'm not yeah, hating. Contract. I'm not hating. I'm just saying, bro. Like, you could go to Wolves, play in the Premier League. They have the, the FA Cup. They got the Carabao Cup. They they have so many tournaments. You're telling me he's not gonna get minutes out there? Like I don't know, dude. Probably it's not, it's not about a thing about self belief. You also gotta protect yourself, like uh, yes. like Orbelin. Like then Orbelin go, and then a new coach came in or something. Yeah. No, no. Colette was already there. I can't remember who was the player that uh, well, showed no, the, up. The, supposedly the coach there was already someone else brought him, and that the coach that was there had instructions not to play him. Well, he didn't, like, ask for him, right? That was the whole thing? Like, he didn't... No, yeah. no, but the agent was like, don't play this guy. Like, he's... They were, like, 86 in him or something, and and that was affecting them pretty bad. Yeah. He got lucky that um, Almeida was out there. And he's doing great over there in uh, that Fisherman's League. It's <laughs> like... He's taking one of Nettie's tours, man. Fishing tours. Fishing tours. Hey, no, Marcelo I'm, I'm, and Hamas playing that league. <laughs> I, I'm glad that uh, Alexis didn't take that 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 loan, man. It was, it, he's he's worth more than that, man. And and you know what? Might as well stay in in the uh, stay at Chivas. See what he can do with them for a little bit, and see if he can get a bigger uh, like a, a a you know multi year deal at a European team at that point, but. Yeah, there's no point in him going over over there. And coach looks at him, goes, "Ah, eh, you know, 
I don't really like them. I'm not going to play them. And I know there's a lot of tournaments and stuff out there, but how many times did, did you know, did some of our um, other Mexican players go out there and just go ride pine? Oh, you just had yeah. Jota Macias who just went out there. He went to Getafe, though, and they only had the Copa por Rey. It's not too many well, tournaments. He was he got injured, so that, that also affected him, his injury. But, yeah, like, I, I just think for me, it's, it's fans are too desperate to see Mexican players abroad. Anytime they hear someone turn someone down or or that a club didn't agree, they make it seem so negative. And I was seeing the debate over Antuna, which we don't even know if it's true, right? You just hear the rumor and that supposedly um, Patanaikos or one of those Greek teams that they offered... They were offering like under a million, like for the loan, and then if they bought him like like four million, maybe I think something like that. And I think Rosasul wanted six, and they wanted a million for the loan, and people are saying that's too much. And I'm like, really, you have transfers at upwards of 130 million. You're telling me six million is a lot, even if they said eight million, that's 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 peanuts, man. In in the, you know, in the world of football, that's not a lot. But you gotta see yourself as Cruz Azul. And I have a player that was at the World Cup, and who has a high, high um, probability of being in the next cycle for the next World Cup. That's a lot of free advertisement for your club, right there. That will cost you even more. I just money hope I'm gonna get sold because we have a cut of that deal. <laughs> <clears throat> well, for eight million, how much would Chivas get, though? Probably, like, at least a quarter, no? I don't know. Well, no, apparently just... Chivas and Cruz Azul cut 50% of each player being Piojo and Antuna. Oh, wow, 50%, even better. Yeah. Wow. I just want, I just want to see how the Greek, uh, if the Greek want to punch him in those big-ass teeth like I do, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm just going to say this. If it wasn't for Berlin and doing well, Antuna wouldn't even have this offer. That's why it's good and important to send players out there and important to do well because it opens doors for everybody else. True. Mm. Well, he's not welcome in Jalisco. Every time he touched the ball in that final, he got booed. But you know who? I don't know if you guys saw the highlights. Uh, Jordan Carrillo, they used to play at Santos. He's played with Sporting Gijon, uh, second second division uh, league teams in La Liga. Uh, he only came on for 20 minutes, but he killed it. He was, like, doing work. He got a foul outside the box. The team scored the free kick. I saw the but highlight, he was, yeah. Yeah, he was just shaking everybody. That kid's, he, like, 21. Um... Uh, he looks like, way more promising than uh, Marcelo Flores and Lainez. If I'm not mistaken, Damn. Sporting uh, – what is it? Sporting what? Uh, Gijon, I don't know, G-I-J-O-N. Gijon? They're, they're owned by um, Orlegi, no? I thought that was Oviedo. Yeah, because he was at Santos, so yeah, that would make sense. Okay, okay. Oviedo's owned by Grupo Pachuca. That's who it is, okay. It's crazy to see them owning, Liga Max owning teams in Europe. Yeah. No, we... I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, familiarity with Carrillo, but but it, honestly, man, the, the the more competition for for specific positions, the better. 
this is this is this is what the 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 selection needs it's competition and whether you have these players at, at uh, Liga MX or in Europe or, or wherever the hell, there has to be that competition. I agree, and that's why I think Alexi should stay. If with Guzman coming in, uh, they can like complement each other really well. And if Alexi has that tournament that everyone has been waiting for him to have, uh, he can definitely leave on a much better conditions in the summer. Yeah, let's see if they can win some silverware. I I don't want to get ahead of myself or get too excited. Uh, there was one comment uh, that Fernando Yero said, and that was about Chivas not Chivas are not going to be sponsoring the league uh, when it came to like buying refuerzos. And uh, it's the same old story, guys. Everyone's uh, demanding too much money for their players, and it looks like they were going to double down on the cantera. I mean, usually that would annoy me, but I can't agree with them because if you look at the market, there's not really much. There's not a big talent pool. Like, uh, well, yeah, Edmond, yeah, yeah like Luis Chavez, right? Luis Chavez they going to Rayados, and I'm like, dude, if he... Who? Luis Chavez. He's not going to Rayados. He said no. Oh, well, I'm just saying, like, there, there, there was an offer on the table, and it's like, if you're going to, like, go, like, at least go to, like, Chivas or go to Europe. Like, those are the only two. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, my he said he's my like, I'm 27 years old. If I go to Monterrey, I know I have very little chance of going to Europe. He said this to Ate Uvene. He told him, I, I know I have very little chance of going to Europe. So if anything, I'll stay at Pachuca and wait to see if an opportunity arises. But anyways, going back to my point, okay, take Luis Chavez out. The talent pool is very low. Uh, the guy Monterrey from Puebla, I can't remember his name, Carisola or Carisol, uh, they paid a good amount of money for him, and that dude's a nobody. <laughs> uh, Palermo, center back from Pumas, he's like 30-something years old. Pumas wanted like two and a half million for him, Damn. and Chivas said, I'll give you one. And outside of that, like, give me, uh, okay, the other one, Cesar Montes, he wasn't going to Chivas, he wanted to go to Europe. Yeah. He was willing to go to Russia so he could then move, make a move oh, somewhere that's else. Right. I yeah. mean, the talent pool is not there, so why is Chivas going to go pay, an, uh, like, uh, Rios from, uh, where again, uh, Charlotte? Danny Rios. Rios is not worth, no, $5 million. They completely overpaid for that guy. Hey, man, and the saddest part about that deal and Pocho, uh, they're both players from the academy. It's like, we played ourselves. Like, those are bo both players that came from Chivas Academy, and now we're having to spend money to, to get them back. And and on top of that, to put salt in an open moon, they gave him the number nine, bro. It's like, really? You're gonna give him the number nine? What did you want it to have? Not the nine, bro. You leave that for and, for, for Macias, or you leave that you leave dude, like players that wear the nine, they have to be like scoring a lot of goals and I don't know, man. I don't see that I happening. Man, you don't scoring a lot of goals at Chivas, though. Wasn't a like leading goal scorer with like, four goals? Alan Pulido was the last <laughs> legit number nine, dude. He actually came through with some goals and, and a title. So after Omar Rabo left, yeah, he was the only worthy uh, player with the, for the number nine. It's like the number 10, Can dude. It, Those are two numbers you don't play around with. I, I, I do and, agree and with And she was also the number eight, which they retired, and I'm against the retiring of numbers. What were you going to say, uh, Golazo? 
No, no, I was just going to agree with with uh, El Pastor and uh, and uh, Iron Man is that is that uh, yeah, overpaying for players is just not not in the best interest of Chivas. And again, if 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 Fauno's very good with working with with uh, younger players, then we got the then we got somebody who might be the right guy to uh, to help kind of elevate some of these youngsters, right? Sounds like it sounds like at the very least in the front in the uh, the preseason tournament, uh, what was it called? Copa Copa para Mexico or something like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it, in, in particular that. Uh, who was it? It was the the game before Cruz Azul, where he played with the with the younger team, with a lot of the the guys that are going to be on the bench. You know, he had them playing very confidently and uh, and nice and smoothly, right? And yeah, granted, they made a few mistakes. They're a young, younger squad, but I didn't have a problem with that. If you can elevate and build confidence with some of those younger players, um, let's go with that. You know, to hell with overpaying for for you know old ass players or, or MLS players. Yeah. And I'll stick to my point. There's no, the talent pool sucks. There, there should be at least like 50, 60 good Mexican players spread out across 18 Liga Mekis teams. And there's not even 15. <laughs> it's like, so what are you going to over the good ones? They're going to Europe or they're going to Monterrey or Tigres. And there's like literally crumbs left. Why are you going to overpay for crumbs? No, I, I agree with that. And it, and I know Tata Martino, Mar, uh, Martino rubbed uh, people the wrong way. It might have been this week or the week before when he said that. that He, he went and hung out in, in Argentina instead of seeing a player pool that had no Mexican players at Liga MX. I mean, how are you gonna, how, do you, how do you build a team when, they're, when, when, when the Mexican players aren't on the field? Yeah. Right? So it goes, it goes with this. Why are you going to overpay for players? that aren't on the field or that aren't good enough. Well, boys, I, I did have another topic. Uh, it's maybe not the most uh, Mexican related, but it is pretty funny. Uh, Gio Reyna. <laughs> oh boy. Um, long story short, you know, there was that whole controversy with him and the coach going, uh, going at it. He was not you know, they told him that he was going to be on the bench for the World Cup. And uh, the coach started to talk about his discipline, lack of training effort and all that stuff. No, no, you, you skipped. You skipped a beat behind me. Let's let's hear it, Joel. <laughs> yeah, no. The, uh, so Berharto, uh, Ber, the coach, tells him that he wasn't going to get much playing time. And Gio sort of blew a gasket and started talking mad shit. Or just made a big scene, and so he was gonna. Uh, he he, and this is from Berhalter saying they had like a meeting because they thought of even sending him back, sending them back, you know, sending them, just kicking them out of the squad. And they decided to give him a chance, and that he had to. Um, he ended up apologizing to the whole squad and. and eventually got some playing time, but then when, after the World Cup, where Halter started airing out dirty laundry and he, he mentioned this, this is when he, he talked about this. He, he used it as an example, like at a, at a, where he got invited to talk for something. Yeah, man, and they got, you know, it spread like wildfire among the U.S. fans, and then 
Gio replied, and then you're you're up at that Jaime. And then uh, mommy and daddy start stepping in, and they uh, were upset. <laughs> It's like when you go to the principal and like, why did my son not pass the fifth grade? Uh, because he's 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 dumb. He's not he's not smart enough to. Well, uh, he needs to pass anyway. And I don't know, man. They 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 were. No, I I agree and I disagree. They were able to dig up some dirt, bro. Some dirt from like, I don't know, the eighteen hundreds about Greg. No, they didn't dig it up. No, they, no, they, they, they knew context. it. They knew it. No, yeah, you're they the knew context. it. Uh, All right, I'm Gio's bad at storytelling. You guys can tell, you tell the story. Okay, that Claudio and Greg, they went to the same high school. They played high school ball, college ball, national team. Clearly known themselves their whole life. Gio's mom and Greg's wife, same thing. Uh, at University of Carolina, they were on the college team four years. They were roommates. So when this whole thing went down with Greg, like, kicking her and everything, the wife went back, obviously, to her roommate, who's Gio's mom. So she was a first account witness of everything. Uh, they broke up, and they didn't get back together like seven months later. Apparently, he did therapy. The wife had to do therapy, the whole Man. works. So when the whole thing, when he was at the leadership conference, and uh, he aired that dirty laundry out, she called one of the people at U.S. Soccer. Like, she came out with a statement. I'm not saying this Ernie, is true. Ernie this Stewart. is what she said. She said that she called of someone that she considers a friend and said, I don't understand why they're giving my son all this heat. He's getting criticized all over social media. That, you know, he's not a good team player or whatever. Like, why would Greg air this out? You know, this stuff that takes in the locker room. Because, you know, since they go back 30 years and, like, they, she, their families and friends, kids have intermingled. She's like, I show grace by forgiving him what he did to my best friend. We forgave him. I would expect him to have the same grace with my son and not throw him under the bus. Apparently, and she says, the guy I told this to went ahead and did an investigation. I'm not judging him, but I never told him to do an investigation, never talked to this about to anyone else on U.S. soccer. No one has my family has talked about it. Mm. So I don't think it was like a mommy daddy thing. I think like she went and told her friend and then her friend felt like him being part of U.S. soccer. It was his job to investigate it. I don't freaking know. But Damn. I can understand where they're coming from, though. I mean, they go back, back. Imagine like your best one of your best friends and, you know, you forgave him for something he did 30 years ago. Your kids hang out and then he criticizes your son and like. You know, at a national level, you're gonna be like, "Yo, bro, what's going on?" I don't know, man. I just feel like it's like, why did? Oh, uh... I know. Yeah. Well, no, I tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because, because um, his job is some. He he's uh he has a good chance of being renewed as coach. So if they still have beef. He could keep Gio out of the, out of the national team. And the next World Cup is going to be here in the U.S. And this kid's still dependent on that because he's still fairly young. So they're seeing him with high possibilities of not making the squad if uh you, you don't leave a talent like that out. You can't leave it out. And Greg, yeah, well, the majority of U.S. fans don't yeah. even want Gregory knew. Like the actual <laughs> fans that know about the game, they don't. Your casual fans like, yeah, whatever. But, like, if you look at all the World Cup games and all their games, he sucks at subs. He makes them too late. He always relies on the players to save his butt. But tactically and everything, like, he's terrible. 
And his uh, his management, same thing. His man management is terrible. Have you seen his speeches? Look, go look at his speech when they tied England. He said, you know, the whole world thought we were going to lose, but you showed them we can beat anybody. I'm like, bro, is that how you motivate people? You came off a tie. He's uh, he's not a good coach, and I would be shocked if they decide to keep him. And he got appointed by his brother. His brother was part of U.S. soccer when he got appointed. So I see. But- yeah, I just think it's funny that mommy and daddy had to, like, step in. And it just goes to show, man, like, when it comes to uh, Americans, bro, they'll, <laughs> they'll dig up some dirt, bro. Can't it's be just, just, it's you remember the Rooney Vardy situation? The what? Between Rooney and uh, Vardy? Uh, Vardy Jamie and Vardy? What, uh, like what, they cheated on their wives or what? Well, basically their wives had beef, same thing, and like it became a big controversy oh. in England and having them national team. Well, I saw a lot of U.S. fans saying, you know, this is like the Wayne Rooney Vardy situation. It means we're finally becoming a football country. Oh, God. Uh, we should be world <laughs> champs soon. yeah it's funny we've had bigger uh, scandals in the mexican league or the national team prostitutes transvestites yeah bad meat cocaine damn yeah bad meat (laughs) Yep. And then supposedly um, this was a rumor that Chao Carmona and Aron Galindo uh, double teamed uh, Rafa Marquez ex-wife. Wait, who? Chao Carmona. Yeah. And Chao Carmona. Aron Galindo? Yeah, yeah. All the two juice heads, huh? <laughs> that was the rumor. I think because I think she's getting even at um, getting even at at Rafa. Damn, dude. And I think she had been around. She was one of those like, what do they call them in England? Wags or whatever. That, like those those that end up like dating a lot of players. So I think when he met her, she had already fame of like, having dated a lot of ex or players. Yeah. That's that's the, I'm waiting. That's one of the interviews I'm waiting. I have <laughs> no no one's reached out to Chava or Arondo. <laughs> there was a an interview with uh, that dude, the whatever tomorrow, the YouTuber, and he interviewed one of like the party girls. And she was telling all these secrets about uh, some players, but she didn't name uh, them. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, we have Liga Mekis returning on Friday. How do you guys feel? I'm excited. We had a little preview in that Copa por Mexico. I know you, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but you had, you know, obviously Cruz Azul winning. Um, America looked good. Chivas looked good. Everybody else was kind of like, eh, you know, Tigres. Surprisingly, not doing so well, but it's all preseason. Who's their coach? Because I know they fired Piojo. David Coca. All right, Coca. Yeah, he 
coached uh, Atlas, won them two championships, and now he's at Tigres. That's the dream job right now if you're in Liga MX. If you could in the treatment that um, Tuca had, where he ended up being there for 10 years, the sweet salary. Yeah, you don't really see that in Liga Meki, so it's kind of kind of weird to see a player, uh, a yeah, coach very rare. last that long in Liga Meki. Yeah, I think Arias was the last one, Raul Arias, Cruz Azul, I mean, Necaxa. How long was he there for? Had like 10, 11 years. Oh, shit. So did he go through like the whole relegation too, or no? I don't remember, dude. Oh. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't the team that they used to be. They're still competitive, but not. Wait, wait, I no, thought, uh, a team under, under La Puente. Was I was about the, to say, I thought La Puente was a coach during their, their golden years. Yeah, he was, but then when he leaves, I think Caria takes over. Oh, okay. I think he was one of his assistants. I don't remember. Maybe Colasco can shed some light. And um, he stayed there for a long time. He did keep him pretty relevant, but and they didn't have the level of players they used to have. So that that's not on him, you know? Because they, they used to bring in some really top talent like Ivo Vasai and Alex Aguinaga and then those those players were just great. So he coached Nagaxa from '98 to 2005, won a title yeah. with them. So he took he took over after they brought uh, after um, um, what's his face took over the national team, La Puente. Yes. Right. So once La Puente left, Arias was his assistant and and took over. And he, and had a, had a, yeah he definitely had a decent run. Yeah. Yeah, he won a title, and then he, up until the recent um, deep run by Tigres, Necaxa had won the third place in the Club World Cup. So yeah. He, so he, but but was that? I don't think that was under him, was it? Yeah, he did. Oh, he's. Oh yeah, he still had those. He still had some of those good players then. Um, I forgot I he coached Chivas at one games. point. <laughs> Oh, man. everybody coaches Chivas at one point. <laughs> it was like everyone, everyone has that on their body count. Uh, Chivas, yeah, there is a time. Oh, oh, well, wasn't it during the press conference where uh, Arias said, well, he was sitting next to Vergara, you know, when they asked him what he thought of Vergara, and he said, I used to think era payaso or something like that. <laughs> you, I don't remember that, dude. I think, I that was, I think that was him, man. No way. Damn. Well, he, did, he got... did come across. And then what? No, no. It, it, they were doing the press conference because I guess, you know, being, tele, you know, tele, Televisa back then, because Nakaxa was Televisa back then, right? Yeah, yeah, they were. And, and so, uh, you know, yeah, I guess they'd had war of words before, and then now they were working together. And, and so Arias honest. said that he that he yeah that he used to think Vergara was a payaso. I need to see if I can find that on YouTube somewhere, man. He, he did. Vergara used to be kind kind of a mandation. He would always try to. 
I guess I did like this thing about him where he would try to like make the games more interesting by like starting like rivalries and he he was starting one with Pumas and he was doing like they do in Argentina where they take out the billboards and it'll be like a you know sort of like a burn on you like like I think the one against America was En Sunido Solo Nuestros Huevos or something like that. <laughs> And some of the some of the owners started complaining that those ads were gonna instigate violence and they they stopped doing them. Uh and for Pumas was something about Gatito, like kinda like the Tweety Bird. Uh like I thought I heard a kitty cat or something like that. Um and Pumas that one rock group, Molotov, they did a song against uh Vergara or Chivas or someone. Oh, they were upset yeah, about that. They were really upset about that. <laughs> I don't know if they were upset. It could just be like taking the piss, you know? Because like, <laughs> uh, you know, Pumas allowed uh, allowed us to have that that homage for um, Chavar Reyes. Yeah. And then we, we beat them and then, then we tweet that after the game and they're like, uh, you guys are unprofessional. <laughs> That was Chivas Refuerzo that season, man. 80-year-old like, dude. <laughs> it's like inviting someone over to dinner and then just, like, capping on he, them all night. Just, like, making fun of them. <laughs> I, I don't like they retired the number eight. I, I feel it should be more like kind of how they do it in Man United with, like, the number seven. And they, they give it to, like, their best player or one of their best players. By the way, guys, I'm, I'm not finding uh, anything on YouTube, but I did find a 2000... <laughs> A 2009 uh, Medio Tiempo article where it says que Raúl Arias aseguró que veía a Vergara como un tipo payasón. <laughs> yeah, and he did. He, he did. Um, Hello, key. He did. He did come across like that a lot of times. We have a comment in the YouTube section. He says, so are y'all going to talk about anything? <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Sergio Cruz. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. It, if you, if you have a topic, and we always invite you guys to to come into Twitter and and uh, yeah, we'd like to give the microphone. Um, or if you have a, a topic you would like to hear, we would also discuss it. I don't have a topic, but here's my hot take: Pumas, Pachuca, Chivas finish in the top five. I don't know who the other two will. Wait, be. you said Pumas? Hey, I, I I still think last season Pumas got so many good players, they just couldn't click. Danny Alves. And I I I think this year's gonna. No, is he man, still there? Yeah, the number one's a baller. Uh, Dineno's a baller. He Danny is a baller. Alves, I think he's gonna come out of Hungary and like. Who's that a uh, Brazilian guy they have striker? I don't think Danny Alves is gonna be hungry. That guy is. Oh, we have uh, <laughs> Tommy on. He wants to speak. Tommy, welcome to the podcast. You're on mute. Uh, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, just wanted to catch you guys' opinions. I didn't hear. I don't know if you guys already talked about it, but uh, assessing Mexico's uh, performance at the World Cup, uh, the future, are, are they just kind of, this is the best that they'll ever be, just kind of a attraction here in the u.s and then are we happy for uh messy so just curious to see what you guys think 
Man, why you gotta talk about sad stories, bro? We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I was, I why was are you bringing up old shit? You know, I I kid you not, guys. Uh, you know, getting prepared for this podcast tonight. Uh, I got home from the gym. I worked out. I, I took a shower, and in the shower, I had that shower thought like. Pinche tata, you fucked up our World Cup, bro. Like, I was just so angry, dude. Uh, all, all these flavors and, and Tomas brought us uh, salt, man. Hey, man, I'm a, I'm like a super just headline soccer fan. I just, I just, look, I just, I just look for the highlights. Like, I just see, I just see, like, oh shit, another, another one and done. So. <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring up uh, old wounds. Just curious. <laughs> open them up. It hasn't even been and... hasn't even been thirty days, man. I know, I know. Well, I mean, to answer your question, my assessment obviously it was bad, but what made it worse is that you know December of twenty twenty one. We all knew it was going to be bad. <laughs> Majority of folks did not expect the group stage exit. As far as will this always be Mexico group stage out in the round of 16? Um, at the end of the day, it's World Cup. I mean, 32 teams, there's about to be 48. I mean, there can only be one winner, and there's a lot of countries that prepare themselves a lot better and have a lot more talent. At the end of the day, you're also going to need a little bit of luck on your side. You know, Mexico has not had a lot of that luck on their side, whether it was at No Era Penal versus Holland, that Golazo by Maxi in 2006. Uh, you're always going to need a little bit of luck as well. Uh, but if Mexico gets their act together as far as not doing shady deals under the table, not pouring themselves out to the U.S., and they actually plan a serious project, I definitely think the talent's there. I mean, Mexican players, uh, they're like a step below Argentinian and Brazilian players as far as Latin America, but they're, they can compete with anybody else it can definitely be a it's, top 16 team for sure that's a uh, that's interesting because maybe this is my like just ignorance of soccer knowledge but whenever i look at mexico talent i put them like on the tier of like peru oh like, man talent. you gotta do us like no, that no no Me- mexican <laughs> players man they're highly respected mexican players can play the ball to feet uh play the ball on the ground none, none of that like all long air balls, none of that physical play. Like, Mexican players like playing with the ball. One thing about Mexican players, though, is not even their fault. It's more of the system. There's not a lot of developers as far as coaches in the youth levels. So they kind of like – they're more like scouts. They're like, oh, that 8-year-old's really good. I'm going to bring him to my Chivas Academy. That 10-year-old's really good. But that's all they do. Most of them just say good players and keep them through the ranks. But a lot of these players, when they go play in Europe, they tell you, I'm learning so much stuff I never learned. So that kind of handicaps you. Uh, same thing in Argentina. Man, the way they, like, create players like crazy, and they're sending them out at very young ages, and they go to Europe, and they adapt really quick. It's because down there, there's a big emphasis on actual development. You know, it's like you you ever hear that cliche thing? Uh, development coaches shouldn't play for the win. They should play to develop. It seems like in Mexico they do more play for the win at the youth level. I was thinking about this. Like um, Mexico is exporting a lot more players to MLS, and we see like the U.S. team do better than Mexico this year. So should the approach be? I don't think it will be because Mexico's like the Mexican league is about 
money, right? Shouldn't the league kind of emphasis be like, let's harness young talent, give them minutes, let them play here instead of shipping them off to FC Dallas to sit on a bench for whatever, uh, or send them to Europe. Let's actually let them play and develop here. Uh, even like, I don't even know, maybe it's some regulation thing, but it would be cool to see, uh, you know, Mexican players go to Boca Juniors or New Old Boys in Argentina. There's no and money then, there. They can't afford us. No, those, but, those takes, those takes. No, look, first, you don't send a player to Europe to develop. They, they don't really buy them for that. Perhaps um, in the Dutch league, they'll take a young player to sell them. And, mm-hmm. and that's where we kind of get that take. But majority of leagues, they're not buying you because they want to develop you. They're buying you because they feel you could help the team. And if you're not helping, then they get rid of you right away. I mean, the, the number of players that go through those leagues, it's it's massive because, you know, they, they just treat it as very disposable. Um so I, I think that's where we make the mistake of thinking that we could send abroad so that they could be developed because that's not it because it has never worked. And even in the past, the Mex teams would send some youth to South America, Chile and Argentina, even Uruguay. And they would just come back because again, um they weren't gonna make money off the youth. They weren't gonna sell the players, so there's no incentive for those teams to you know, at the end of the day, the best development is just play, it's playing time. That's it. No matter where you're getting it, you could get day in, day out playing time. You, you'll develop good enough. And and then, of course, yeah, if you want to join a better team, that's an option. But just because uh, off the bat, you seem like you're going to have some talent and go abroad in the hopes that you'll become better. I, I think all the info we have that we've seen, it points the opposite. You know, like Pudino went Yeah, I mean, I don't have the stats to back this up. It's more of a inclining. Yeah. And you guys can tell me, but I feel like I'm in my 30s now, but I remember, like, the Mexico squad with, like, Guatemo Blanco, Luis Hernandez. Those guys were all Mexico. And I, I, don't, I don't have the stats, like I said, but I believe they fared better in the World Cup um, then, like, these these teams were, like, Mexico has Lozano, Chicharito, all these guys that are uh, playing overseas, but it doesn't translate to anything. Yeah, but I was going back to the previous point. Everything is, the gap is closing down so much more. That's why this World Cup, you have teams like Morocco and Croatia make it to semifinals. Croatia, back-to-back, uh, you have a lot more upsets than usual. Because that gap between, like, the best guy, the cream of the crop, and, like, the lower teams is closing, and it keeps closing. And then another thing, uh, you earlier before, you said the U.S. had a better World Cup than Mexico. Uh, if you consider them making it out of the group, yeah. But if you look at the stats, they had the same amount of wins, same amount of losses, same amount of goals for, same amount of goals against. Numbers-wise, they had the same darn thing. And then before that, the U.S. didn't make it to the 2018 World Cup. So because they didn't make it a one World Cup and they have the same stats as Mexico in the next one, all of a sudden they're a lot better. I mean, like, it's like it can you got to look at a lot of things. It's not all like black and white. I get it. But it's just like at the end of the day, me as a, I'm not I don't even consider myself like a true diehard fan. But me as like someone that checks in on the team is like results. Right. 
like either you make it out to the next round or you don't because it's uh, but i get what you're saying it's just it's like a results driven uh industry right like we want to see you either you win or you don't win so that's just kind of what i was uh what i was looking at but um i mean hopefully things get better uh but yeah it's just interesting to see what you guys take was on that as far as like my outlook on the national team, I think Mexico has what it takes to be in the top eight, um, re- being realistic. Um, they have been ranked third, fourth in the world under Ricardo de la Volpe back in 2006, but those are Coca-Cola rankings. So, you know, you take those with a grain of salt. But I, I think Mexico on a really good day could be in the top eight. And with a little bit of luck, they could be, like, within the top four. Uh, as far as them winning a World Cup, maybe one day we'll see wait, it. Wait, Jaime, Jaime, be in the top four for one World Cup or or become a like, top four team? Like, if you were to, let's say 2026, right? I, I expect Mexico, because it's at home, um, do what they did in the last two World Cups where they were the hosts, and that is quarterfinal appearances, so in the top eight. And no, with, but I mean, I mean, just crack, crack into that group. But I mean, just for that one cycle, or yeah, I'm talking, one I'm talking about teams. like being ranked number four, like after a world, you know, say like you got the semifinals in a World Cup, you were the you know best. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, because but yeah, being consistent, being consistently, be- <laughs> yeah, being consistently. No, in the in the top eight, I mean, Mexico was for a while. They were they were consistently like at least in the top fifteen, top twelve. You know, they would get. But they under- still are. Yeah, <laughs> they still so are. So it's like I mean, that's yeah, but you can't you back. can't consistently be top four, or whatever. Because outside of like Argentina, Brazil, Germany, uh, no one really does that. Even Spain, Spain always not anymore. Up. Yeah, and then the two thousand eight, yeah. two thousand and twelve, they were great, and now the, their last two World Cups, they have no. Their last three, they have sucked. So, I mean, it's only, like, a very few countries that can consistently and historically stay in that top four, top eight. Yeah, yeah. or it, 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 it uh, more to your point, Pastor, it fluctuates. Like, you'll have Germany for, like, 10 years will be, like, really good. And then, like, right now we're seeing where they, two World Cups in a row where they don't make it out of the group stage. You know, and we'll see a couple of teams like that. And, and you kind of just, you could see it even just looking at the results where you'll see some World Cup teams reach the final, like twice. So um, France, they reach two back-to-back finals. Um, and you, you kind of see that often. And so France is still right now at that, that, that top three, top four level. Um, and then like Italy used to be, and then... How many? What has it been? Four World Italy's Cups been now? erased for the last like decade, dog. They, they yeah, but also it's a little bit of luck. Like Italy, it is luck. Qualifiers, I don't the World Cup well, qualifiers. They, they won, won the Euro. Unbeaten. They didn't make the World Cup. So yeah, it's no, a little, it is luck. The qualifiers, they went unbeaten. Yeah, but they and drew then, a few games too. I mean, it wasn't all yeah, wins. Yeah, but they went unbeaten. They didn't lose a single one. They had wins and draws. And the only game they lost. Hey man, it sucks to suck. It sucks to suck, bro. I I don't know what's. There's a little bit of luck involved too. They win that game against Macedonia, which was their only loss. And then uh, let's say in the World Cup, they sneak into the top four. Hey man, they should have focused on soccer and not spaghetti. I'm sorry, bro. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Sorry, I have a friend that's like half Italian, so I give him a lot of shit. shit. 
Are you? I'm, as I'm hearing you roast Italy, I'm just thinking about my dad. My dad's Italian now. But yeah, that's <laughs> this is uh, this is accurate. So. Yeah, he was he was he was bitching and moaning. He's like, "We won the Euro. We're, we should be in the World Cup." I'm like, dude, sucks to suck, man. I don't know what to say, dude. They haven't they haven't been in a knockout stage uh, in the World Cup since they won it in 2006. So let that yeah, sink they, in. They are in a, they are an enigma because their squad is very stacked and very talented. So that's it's very it's, difficult to talk about. In many, in many ways, there's a lot of there's a lot of memes about uh, the Italian team. It's very very similar to the Mexican kind of memes of the soccer team where, like, you'll see the Mexican team, like, having not this one, but, like, previous ones, having, like, a carne asada and some beers instead of training, like, all the way. Yeah. That's the Italian lifestyle as well, man. It's, like, the uh, too much pasta, too much stromboli, you know, and then uh, you, you take your eye off the ball. So Hey, man, is, we is, have a lot of Mexicans in Serie A, so I'm, I'm starting to keep an eye on it. Unfortunately, it's on Paramount, so you have to have Paramount to watch it, but... We had Ochoa. Yeah, had, Ochoa, yeah? Ochoa had his debut. You have Johan Vasquez. You have Chucky Lozano. And right. am I missing somebody else? I feel like there might be another player in Serie A, but um, it's uh, now that you mentioned that of the different leagues in Europe, which one do you think caters to the Mexican player the most? Dutch league. Yeah, <laughs> the Dutch league. They zero, the zero country. defense, all offense, bro. It's all. <laughs> They even did a beer. They named the beer after uh, Guardado. They did? Yeah, it's like the Golden Eagle or something. Oh, my God. I got to try it. I got to go to... Um, I don't know if they're still making it, dude. But, I got to um, go to Delirium in, they... in Belgium, bro. <laughs> I, I would also say Mexicans did well in Germany. Oh, yeah. I We need more Mexicans yeah, back have... in the Bundesliga, bro. Bundesliga is so Chicago, fun to watch. Yeah. We had yeah, uh, I like watching Bundesliga. It's an entertaining brand. We had uh, Osorio, we had Pardo, we had um, who else went to Chicharo? Yeah, Chicharo, Salcedo, Guardado, Fabian, Fabian, Aaron Galindo. That's right. Yeah, Rafa's ex-wife. Rafa's. <laughs> my, my take on the selection is that they peaked, and they peaked a few years back. But but they peaked in a what year? Uh, I can't. The under right seventeen World Cup? <laughs> no no senior senior team. Senior team, but where they peaked is not a bad place because they they're between thirteenth and sixteenth, and that's kind of where they're at. And to break top ten is it's very difficult. Um, but I do feel that they kind of stayed there. Um, I think. For the selection to improve, they just need to, Liga MX needs to concentrate on developing more players. And so it's not just the first division, it should also be second division, which is also filled with foreigners. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, Al Pastor was mentioning how there's very little talent earlier, uh, as far as like when you look for Mexican nationals to buy from clubs and there is true it's been very little and the big reason for that was because the league opened up you know they used to it used to be three foreigners per team no four i, I think it was four and five four and five. Four, yeah i think the fa had was what was it one more or one less uh still four and five but you saw teams that those four or five players were really good and but at that point 
And you could even see tabla de goleadores. You would see way more Mexican strikers. And I thought that, that, that made the league stronger. So when you see some of Mexico's best results at the international level, 99 um, Confederation Cup, they reached two Copa America finals. finals. And they lost by little. It's not like they got, mm -hmm. you know, that they also made semifinals. Um, got, got some great results at Copa America. And then, you know, the youth teams and Olympics and all that um, eventually. But but going back to that, I think that's that's been missing because now it's like just too many foreigners now. So you'll see, you'll see um, what they could line up up to eight or nine foreigners. And, and so it's like, okay, you're trying to compete maybe with the Brazils in Argentina. In Argentina, for example, a team can't, the rule is you can't have more than three foreigners on the field. I think you could buy up to six, but three, you can't have more than three playing at, at the same time. And I think that's, they need something like that in, in Liga MX. And the teams were like kind of getting ahead of the curve as far as like, how can we get around a lot of these things? Because they um, they started nationalizing a lot of players. So it's it's crazy to see how many players are have the Mexican citizenship. Yeah. In Liga MX, and that's part of it too. So, but I do think that is, and I'm not blaming the foreigner, you know, that these guys come in to, to, to do a job. I'm, I'm blaming like the league executives and the presidents because they're, they're not really, um, I think they don't have faith in, in the local talent where they feel that if it's more Mexicans like that. Well, it's a, it's a results driven business, right? So all, because of the short season, they don't have, yeah. they don't have the time or the patience to give, yeah, but, give but the opportunity feel, to young players. They're like, fuck that. We need results today. So we're going to have to use. Well, if, I know, think results is one of it, but the other thing is that feeling that fans will not like, a team that's filled with Mexicans, you know, it's, uh, and they kind of see Chivas as an exception to that rule. But in the past, we saw like, like Pumas, right. Which was had the best cantera and you saw so many great talent players come out of that. I, I do feel the opposite, but I do feel that there is like that Mexican talent is that good that if we, if they had more fans will still watch. And I don't think they would, that they see some teams just because they're filled with eight players. I think they started trying to emulate like what's going on in Europe with Champions League and you see, you know, England and stuff where you see some of these. Uh, what was that team from England? Was it Arsenal at one point that only the, the goalkeeper was English? Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. And then as you kind of have that with the Mexican directives where they're always looking abroad and thinking, okay, what? What can we emulate over there? What what are they well, doing? Well, at the end of the day, it's a TV product. I mean, besides it the is. different, it's, I always say this: the Mexican league is like the English Premier League of the Americas. And why? By that, I mean they go and they look who's the top guys in the Argentina league and the Brazilian league. Now they're bringing uh, players well, play from Europe. Europe, you know, like uh, Gignac and uh, his buddy, and you know, uh, oh, they brought the one from Holland. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, so now they're trying to bring all these stars. It's not even a thing of we don't trust Mexican players. It's it's a short league, so we can't risk it with youth guys. And two, we want to put out a quality product out there so we can compete with MLS, the Brazilian League, the Argentinian League, 
and we have the money to spend. If you have the money to spend and your holes burn, your wallet's burning a hole, why are you not going to spend the money? Yeah. My, my 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 take on the future of the, the the national team you know depends a lot on like what Joel said is development right um you know we're not developing enough mexican players right that 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 play at a, at a at a high level of competition um one of the other things that that you know we have to do is find our own identity you know or, orig- originally uh i know the i'm pretty sure that the liga mx was was sort of like built similar to, to, to or changed to be similar to the Argentine league. Uh, we, we constantly yeah, hire. Argent- cortos. Yeah. And then, and then <clears throat> we, uh, we, we constantly hire the, uh, the, the foreign coach. Um, but man, we, we need to find, we need to find our own niche, man, our own coaches, our own players have our own identity, our own style of play and not really give a damn about what everybody else is doing. And I think until until then, uh, Mexico's not going to be able to advance in the World Cup uh, any any further than than uh, what we've reached, which is the round of 16. I don't even think they could do it this this go around because guess what? Or this next uh, World Cup, because we still haven't uh, developed strikers. The striker problem will be resolved with um, all these players from Chivas coming out. You got. Everyone- <laughs> Ronaldo Cisneros, you have uh, Luis oh, Luis Puente, you have Danny Rios, you have. Uh, fans have been saying that for years, though. We have Macias, and I was about to say Ormedios, but he chose Peru over over Mexico. I, I've been hearing this tune. Uh, I'm just for trolling, the bro. Twenty years. I'm trolling. Where's Luke Salazar, man? When you need him, right? I, I would take it a step further, though. I would say that we're not developing enough players. I would say that we're not developing players. And what I mean by that is it seems like Mexico, you know, you think about it like you see a kid playing out on the street, and he's phenomenal. He's amazing. And you're like, I want to take this kid to a club. But once he shows up to the club, he, he doesn't know nothing about tactics. He doesn't know anything. He shows a baller with his feet. As far as, like, the game at a higher level, intellectual level, knows zero. And those coaches don't teach him that. And you see that. Look at uh, Enzo Fernandez, who Chelsea wants to pay 120. Look at Julian Alvarez uh, over at Man City. In January, they were playing in the Argentina League. They literally went from Argentina, went to the top level, and fit in right away. And how come Mexico sends players over and they don't fit in right away? Because they're behind. They're behind on tactics. They're behind on well, so much development. Well, it's it like depends. a professionalism. It, it but it's, yeah. it's, look, let me jump in real quick, Hot, because I know you'll go a little yeah. longer than me. No, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's the lack of professionalism that's part of it, that, we, yes. that the Mexican yeah. player doesn't take the time to, to, to learn what they should be learning, right? And... Uh, the well, fact I'm that they're spoiled... Level. That, they're, they're, that doesn't they're spo- come professionalism. No, no. They're, spo- they're spoiled... You know, in in the league that they play in, right? Even the youth players, right? They yes. probably get spo- they get spoiled on the way up. The U seventeens, the U twenties, yeah. So, I think I think it's it's that and lack of professionalism. Oh no, I'm, I'm talking like grassroots. I'm talking about like U eights, U tens, U twelves. By U fifteen, like Arsene Wenger said, you already know who's going to be a professional and who's not. By U fifteen, you should already be able to tell. I'm talking about like you know, you take a kid who's really good, let's say in El Llano, 
and he shows up to academy. He doesn't know how to shield the ball, depending if someone's coming from his left or his right. Like those little things. And I feel like the coaches, the development coaches in Mexico, is the majority of them are not that. I think the majority are just result driven. It it happens, but but it's not that bad because we've seen a lot of players that went abroad and did really good. Not you a lot. Have, There's not more because, than twenty five. Because what do you mean a lot? 20, we have more losers than winners. They have gone. No, we do, but I mean, we there's more see... than twenty five players that have gone in a day right away. The problem we is the problem is that we're it's not... magnified because we don't have a, a large pool to begin with. So like yes, every go. every player that we do send out, it's just magnified that much more. Whereas it is, because even look, with our yeah, you look at Argentina, yes. Brazil, they're sending heaps of play. They're sending yes. them by the bucket loads and like maybe yes, hundreds, we, yeah. hundreds. And we're we're sending how, like ten, how can bro. They do that though? Is, it, is it because they're cheaper or is it because they're it's, it's the way they're it's the way their league is, is because is, they're the, they're not being pampered and and no, it sounds, well, like, so, sounds it, like Liga. I don't know. You guys tell me, but it sounds like the problem is. Liga Mex, like it's commercialized, results driven. So it's it, the best way to describe describe it, Tommy, is uh, Mex the Mexican league is very unique in where they don't have to rely on exporting players to generate revenue and money. Argentina league and Brazilian yeah. league, they are forced to sell their players because that's how the the leans the league sustain itself. Mexico sustains itself without the influence of uh, exporting it's, it's U.S. money. They they don't they don't need to sell their players to for pennies uh, to Arsenal and Chelsea because they have a exactly. they have a team they have a team in Mexico that will was willing to pay ten twenty million for a Mexican player and that doesn't exactly, happen yeah. that doesn't happen anywhere else it's it's that value only exists in the league itself like that player is probably well, worth Brazil Brazil has that yeah. to a certain extent but yeah Brazil but yeah, took Luis Suarez from Cruz Azul so I wouldn't hate too much on Brazil. <laughs> No, Brazil does have. They have a couple of teams that have a lot of money, but overall, the overall majority, yeah, they can't afford to do what Liga MX does. Yeah, Argentina's broke, bro. I'll give you a perfect example: Cecilio Dominguez, who America tried to get, <laughs> and then there was a whole issue with Independiente over in Argentina. Uh, so America went ahead and sued them. I think they, they sued still them for all the money, bro. Well, here this is the thing: this has been so many years that since they couldn't pay them, uh, they're in the verge of going bankrupt and going down to second division. Today, Independiente's president came out and said that he thought America was like a legit club, but realized that they're a bunch of clowns for not forgiving them over this. <laughs> they don't have the money to pay $5 million fine. They're going to pay because of America should just buy them. And that's Independiente. I'll take your club with extra things. guac, please. That's why Jaime went to uh, Argentina. He had a thousand bucks, and they thought he was the owner of River Plate. Who? <laughs> I didn't go to Argentina. Inflation, man. You can live like a king down there. Yeah, you can, sir. But <laughs> no, I, I'm going to make my point. You, you, you credence didn't let me finish. <laughs> we've, I think we've, we have examples of players that have gone, like Chicharo. He, he had like what? One, maybe two seasons. And he was before, before. Well, I did. I did. But I, I'm gonna retract. Sorry, I'm gonna retract. No, but, I, I know the players. I know the players that have gone and done well. Like you don't gotta. And, and see, my disagreement no. was that you said a lot. Okay, I meant ninety percent I mean, have gone and flopped. 
a lot of examples, a lot of examples, not just going to Europe. So I'm gonna say a lot of examples of like, like at the youth divisions and at the youth levels where Max does really good against other teams. Even even the Max clubs, when when you see them playing in like Kofi Cup Club and there's the Milk Cup and Dallas Cup, all of these youth clubs and where the teams like uh, all the Liga Max teams send send their youth clubs and the Max teams look good. It's not like they're getting you know made to look fools by these teams that are so far ahead. You were talking about earlier how like the gap has closed, and that's because a lot of the training, a lot of the, it, it's they all do the same thing. Like like you'll see coaches and whatnot, they'll go and they'll learn in Europe, and and or you don't even have to go to Europe. You could bring someone from like, and that happens in Mech sometimes where they'll have like symposiums or whatnot, where they go and then they they talk about like how they do the coaching and all that. Um, and so I think that's. That's a big reason why we've seen that teams have just the, the sport became more athletic, and then a lot of the coaching and whatnot style of play. It's not, it doesn't vary anymore. There's no, there's no variety anymore because it's it's just everyone's kind of doing the same thing. It's not like how it used to be where it's like you could see clear distinctions in playing styles. So you don't, you don't really have that no more. Um, so I, I don't. Long story short, <laughs> I. I I do think to an extent I agree with you about there's not enough to develop, but at the same time it's like they're not that far behind where where um we've never seen players that they can hang. Um and we've talked about here about like Chicharo first season and man you, Tony Colts. He didn't have to go to Holland or anywhere else for two, three seasons to develop straight out of Chivas who can produce a decent striker, and this guy goes and scores over 20 goals. Yeah, but um, going back to my point, 90% have flopped, and the other thing, the pool for the rest of the Liga Mexi's teams is almost non-existent. Everyone criticizes Chivas and says, Chivas, you're supposed to be all Mexicans. You're supposed to produce all this Mexican talent. How come you don't have players in the national team? I turn around and say, how come the other 17 teams don't produce any Mexican players either? So where, how is Chivas even supposed to buy players if there's not even a pool out there? I think it's no because one's uh, no one's producing players. Chivas is the measuring stick for the national team, and if Chivas are struggling to produce, like, I, I'm not going to throw the word world-class out there, but, like, national team players, uh, what, what does that go for the rest of the league, right, and for the national team? So it's like... Well, the league, the league doesn't really produce. It's been... Very few. We could probably count them with one hand. World class players produced by Liga MX. Not world class players, but like national team players, right? And I know, but ultimately, if you yeah. want to win a World Cup, you have to be able to produce that level of players. And it's like we've had like just one well, at a time. Zignac has you need one. Like two or three. He's he he'll be ready in a couple of years. Zignac. Oh, his kid. His, his kid. Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> Is we're putting the, the weight of the Mexican national teams on a uh, baby genius. Right <laughs> I think Ronaldo's kid might play for Mexico too. So who knows, man? Ronaldo's kid. Do you, do you guys consider uh, uh, Chucky's uh, time so far, thus far? I don't know if it's like kind of early, if it's a failure, or do you think he's on the right path in Napoli and uh, his time in Europe? I I don't think it's been a failure. That's very rough. I think he's had a decent career in Europe, but I was waiting for that that moment right that moment where like holy shit dude like you are 
at the top of your game and like it seems I, like he's a, is he a little fragile maybe um he, he does get he does get injured quite a bit um and he's in he's in napoli which is fine but i, I do think i was First waiting for, i was waiting for that moment man i was like the way chicharro just came in and started scoring goals for manchester united and became one of the league's you know favorite players and he's still ranked number five all-time goal scorers uh as far as goals per minutes and all that his ratio is insane um, I was waiting for that kind of moment for Chucky. I, th- I felt like he was the next natural, like, you know, superstar for Mexico. And I-, I feel like he's kind of been coasting off of his, like, fame, especially after that goal in- against Germany in the World Cup. I think he's been kind of riding that for the last four years. Yeah, it's um, – but, yeah, I'm, 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 like I said, I haven't kept up on uh, really any, any of the nitty-gritty, so – who is like kind of a? I know what you guys are saying that it's a, the talent is kind of sparse right now. But who is There's like a problem? None. I would. Oh s- shit! No, no. I would say right now, like baby genius. I would say Edson. Al- Edson. Al- Edson Alvarez for sure is is one of our best players. Oh no! I Jimenez, the Jimenez guy and the Jimenez kid. At, uh, as far as like on a day to day basis, actually impacting the team and the success of the team. It's definitely Edson Alvarez, man. And he's probably going to be going... He's leaving Ajax pretty soon. Oh, no, man. Chucky had better numbers than Anthony at PSV. Anthony's Brazilian, so he went for crazy money at United. Uh, Chucky had a rough start at Napoli, but they're in first place this season. And he's been seeing, like, over 75% playing time. Like, he's definitely a crucial member of that team. Oh, uh, he's been doing well in Champions League as well. I I think if Chucky does go to a Premier League team, I think that is his style for his. I would uh, love him in the Premier League. Yeah, I so I think Chucky is still that guy. Uh, Edson, you know, my thing with Edson, he passes the ball a lot to the side and back. Okay, Schneider. Do. Okay, Schneider. We get it. Hey, man, you really? <laughs> hey, he, I'm not. He doesn't do it because it's not his role. His role is to be a pure CDM. I get it. But that's the, all you're going to get out of him. You're going to get a pure CDM. Hey, that's all you need, bro. And that's not every, that's not everybody can be Kashmiro. Hey, what, ha- what, what happens, you're gonna what get happens a pure to Linus? Which is great. But if you want to build something around a team, you're going to need a little bit more. Dude, Linus doesn't even know what happened to Linus. <laughs> Screw that bum. Linus... Um, <laughs> Made two He's got splinters on his ass right now. So he was in he was in Spain, right? He 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 still belongs to Real Betis, but he was not getting minutes. And in order to get minutes, he decided to go on a loan to Portugal, and he's not even getting minutes there. So it's like <laughs> it's coaches, no one gives them minutes. That's what I'm saying. Come back, come back, dude. Not develop. Come back. Oh man, I don't know. About Six that. coaches, man. I, Six coaches. At and everyone point. likes to blame everybody but the player. And I'm like, dude, at one point, if someone tells you smell like shit, you smell like shit, bro. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Six coaches have told you the same thing. And he should have went to Ajax. Wait, what's six? I'm interested in this. What? What's six coaches? He's been through six. Uh, actually, you're right. He's been through five coaches while at Betis and now Portugal. That's crazy. See, that, that's a lot of inconsistency there, though. And I saw that happen with Chivas. Yeah, but you, you don't see Guardado player. with that problem. Guardado's still yeah, but Guardado's stud. a veteran. He's, he's, no, yeah, what are you but... talking about? Every time a new coach comes in, you got a clean slate. Yeah. And he's blown every clean No, nah, not always. 
I don't think he did. Dude, Betis won the Copa del Rey. They paid good money for him. They won Copa del Rey. He wasn't even on the bench during Copa del Rey. I don't even think he gets a medal, dude. (laughs) I think he did. Participation medal. He gets a a sticker. That was the most useful he was for the team. He's the same size and weight Bro, as the cup. Just to give you an idea of his his value to Real Betis, they 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 forgot about him and they took the bus one without him, bro. <laughs> they had to they had to go back and pick him up, dude. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> oh man, if we could if we could only go back to the days of uh, Rafa Marquez, Javier Borghetti, Guillermo uh, Blanco, you know, well. Bad- those are simpler times, man, and it seems like it produce produce a better better. Well, and you know, now. you know what? That a lot of those players, they were, they were like key, not just key players, but like leaders in their respective teams. I think we're kind of missing that. I think that was missing in this current squad. But I didn't see we really had players like that. That they were like. Even like, like a, a what was his name? Pavel Pardo. Like yeah. he wasn't great, great, but he was a. He was like a captain figure, right? Like he was so. He like was. He, he was. He. Pardo and Osorio, they left to Germany and they, they won the Bundesliga, Bundesliga. title. Like, what was it? Was it their first season or first second? Season. But they won it. Same thing with Salcedo. They go and win it, man. And that's that's pretty impressive considering Bayern always wins. Um, and yeah, that dude was one of the. He became one of the captains of the team. Tor- Torrado was a leader as well, you know, back in the day. He was a he was a you little were. bit of a mool on the field, but he but that was his job, you know. <laughs> I had never thought like, about that. That I like, the current players are like leaders at their club level. Because you're right. Yeah. I'll tell you like Ochoa and Guardado who are like captains of their teams. Everybody else is a bunch of sheep. Yeah. Like yeah, you did. and Ochoa and wasn't even the captain with the other guys were. Lozano, so he's not... all these guys, like nine yeah. out of the twenty six. I think like 23 of them are not captains at their teams, are not leaders. They're like supplemental players. Just background characters, man. Yeah, it's just background characters. Yeah, I had never NPCs, thought about that. NPCs, bro. NPCs, bro. That's the new uh, <laughs> NPC. Yeah. yeah, we're missing that. And that's part of the having players play consistently in, in, in the league and, and even stay in clubs long enough where they they become, they are the club, you know, like, you used to see Santos, and that was Borghetti right there. Tony Reis, bro. Come on, man. They did, but I mean, the first person you thought of was the board. And same with America. It was Cuauhtémoc, and, and they were the face of the team. Um, she has been struggling to have that player. We have Nene Beltran. Nene Beltran's no, really... No one close to Probably Bofo was the last one. No, I would say Ramon and Morales was the last, like... Face of the team? I don't know, man. Over Bofo? The goalkeeper, Oswaldo. Wait, are you saying Bofo will be over Ramoncito? No way. Ramon's the eternal captain, dude. I meant the face of the team, like the lead singer, like the The lead lead singer. Eternal captain of Chivas. Yeah, bro. He's our captain forever, dog. (laughs) Bofo Bofo was like face of the team because, you know, he would dye his hair and he like do all this crazy colorful stuff. Buffalo is the hype man of the of the yeah, group. Yeah, he's the hype man. He's the hype like, man. He's the he's the guy that's uh, the club. Yeah. Ramon Morales. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was Michael Jackson. Ramoncito was Prince, man. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah, he's knocking down my bofo, and I, I started talking shit about him at the start of the Dude, bofo's super inconsistent. I bofo, love him for the final, the go against Toluca, love him. But outside of that, super inconsistent. He was another trophies, just super inconsistent. Moments Ouch. of brilliance, and then super inconsistent. He, what he was him better was than all trophies. The hype, all the hype he would do. Nah, but Although trophies already did I, win I, one I, title already. Players like bofo just... They piss me off so much because you show you see like the moments of brilliance. You're like, oh my god! If you did this all the time, you'd be one of the best players in Mexico, like easily. Oh yeah, he like he liked the discipline. And, and I was gonna ask this earlier: it was it just me, or did you guys ever think he didn't look like much of an athlete? No, yeah, he was never in shape. He was never. <laughs> yeah, he, hey, he looked like a player no that plays piano. Bro, no, who, dude, you know who on, was hella thick? The dude that got shot in the head. What was his name? You said Cabanas. Cabanas, bro. That dude was Carmona like. Carmona too. Car- Carmona was. Just... No, Carmona was juicing. Almost That's the difference. He still. Cabanas was just it, eating Carmen? hella like tortas, bro. He that dude was like <laughs> hella fat, bro. I don't call him fat. He was bulky like Vega. I don't think they're fat. Like Trophies is fat. Bofo <laughs> was eating gancitos, like put in the fridge before a match, and then another one after. Nope. Nah, dude, Bo- there was Bofo a just ran all wobbly, man. It was. <laughs> there was a photo of Cabanas with like hookers, and he had a shirt off, and he was fat, bro. <laughs> all right, let me see the picture. It doesn't even include Cabanas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're at the hour and a half mark, guys. I wanted to talk a little bit about Liga Mekis predictions for this season. Um, I know Habibi mentioned uh, Pumas and Pachuca, Chivas. Who was the other team? I'm going to go with those three for now. I haven't seen anything surprising. I will say uh, Monterrey and Tigres are the cancer of Liga Mekis. Are uh, the I cancer. Dude, Tigres bought a guy from Santos like for $11 million. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like a center mid, I believe. Like when you can drop money like that on uh, Chivas can drop that kind of money. They just won't. No, no, they can't. I'm sorry. They can. They can go into debt, but they won't. Competitor. You want to win more than eleven million for for a guy that probably has the quality of Chiki's Garcia? I mean, dude, and and you know what Santos is gonna go do? They're gonna go buy three foreigners with that, and someone to Ray and Tigres, another one out of those three for another. And they're gonna 15. they're gonna push uh, Santiago Munoz even further down the pecking order. He, he just came back from Europe with his tail between his legs. Yeah, he did. So don't discount uh, Toluca. You know, even though they got their butts kicked in the final, man, uh, looks like uh, each each of the tournaments that 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 uh, Nacho has has uh, yes participated in, they, they've improved. No, yes, they had they a trash tournament, then they had a really good tournament. I kind of go back to trash. I, I, I was going to say the same thing. I think that was their peak. I don't see them going. No love for Nacho. No, I mean, no, no love, love for, for Nacho. Nacho. No love for Nacho. Bro, man, I can't respect proud. a man that's named respect. Nacho, dude. <laughs> Nacho Ambris is a good coach, man. I've looked, he, he's a good I, coach. I, I, he's, I'm not, he, and, I, and I would not be offended if he if he coached the national team. Oh, I would. Me, yeah, me, me, would. me neither. Me neither. Me and you both. Well, that's what are we trying to do? Do the same to, thing we've always do, done? I want or him we... to be the darkest, most indigenous looking guy <laughs> running our squad. <laughs> hey, let's get Nacho. What's Wiki and Melvin he, he Brown up to nowadays? This is your own people. If you don't <laughs> like his name, Nacho, then name him, name him Tlaloc. Na- I don't care, man. Na- Just Nacho Quatli. <laughs> <laughs> 
bautizó. Nacho, Nacho Cuaro. Nacho Cuaro. No, Nacho Ambriz is a good coach. And, 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 and uh, this is his third tournament, isn't who, it? Hey, what's the name of that coach that coached, the, that coached El Salvador? But he was Mexican, right? Oh, de los Cobos, Carlos de los Cobos. Dude, we yeah. need that guy. That guy. I think he beats uh, Nacho on the on the on the chart, dude. No, dude, you must have him no. confused. No, you we need to look him up. Carlos de los Cobos. No, not no, no, no. He was dark, bro. No, 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 no dark is Nacho, man. No, I'm talking. No, it, it's not this guy. It was some other guy. Nacho could play Jaguar Paw in the. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, this dude was like super dark. He had like the messed up. Uh, That's not the Los Cobos. Uh, somebody else. Yeah. Raul, I haven't seen many. I haven't really seen many aside from Nacho. Nacho, Nacho, Nacho could look like my Taromara grandmother, man. <laughs> oh. Yes. Wait, maybe he wasn't Mexican. His name was uh, Ramon Maradiaga. Oh, that's from, that's from Honduras. Oh, close yeah. enough, dude. They're all yeah, the yeah. same. You were, no, no. How are <laughs> you confusing that with Pelos Cobos, man? No, you I didn't know, know the name of the coach. At... I just remember the the face, bro. The face. Hey, south of the border, it's <laughs> all the same. At the puck marks. It's the puck marks. It, no, if you look at Nacho's numbers at León, and what he's he's they're very good. He, he's, he's proven to be... Very consistent, but mm-hmm. again, like like Colo says, he gets a lot of hate. He does because he's not he's not Argentine. Oh. I, yeah, I hate, I hate playing the the racism colorism part, but <laughs> I, I have to go with that because I just can't find any other explanation. Who's the Who's the last? Where is he? Where is he doing it wrong? Revered in high regard. Huh? What's that? Who's the last Mexican coach that was revered in the highest regard? Like actual Mexican coach. Um, Vasco Aguirre, maybe. Yeah, Vasco or it's it's or the coaches. What both? But you know, they're like that Batman quote. Like they're a coach long enough to be a villain. Yeah. That kind of the same thing because they used to uh, chant La Puente para Presidente, right? He wins. He he has a really good World Cup '98. 99 no, honestly, with the Confederations. Herrera. Herrera? The Yo, majority who? of your casual fans, they want no, because They remember, like, you know, his crazy antics of the World Cup, his crazy celebration, <clears throat> taking it to Brazil, winning the Gold Cup. Uh, you know, yeah, but Tomas like, said highly, highly touted, not, not, not clown show. Hey, no, <laughs> your casual fans, I guarantee you, if you say, Yo, uh, Chepo de la Torre, Vasco Aguirre, uh, the guy from Monterrey that then like Beltran. Pusetich. Yeah, him. And you say Herrera and you create a pull. If you want to be the next coach, I guarantee you Herrera wins by a landslide. I oh, don't like sure. him. I don't like him, but I guarantee you. Oh, yeah, popularity comes. Likes, likes Herrera. No, no, but I, I was saying like all of these guys at one point were heroes and then they they became villains. And yes. And Piojo was vilified for a long time. And I agree with you, a lot of fans now like what he did, but up until recently, he was getting mad hate. Do we you consider know? La Volpe a Mexican coach? I do. I do. I consider he was a, he, I, correct me if I'm wrong, he's very, he has a very good eye for talent, right? Like, he has a very good eye for scouting talent. I, I think he does, yeah. I mean, your, your first example is... Uh, 
before that 06 World Cup, and it wasn't that long before, is where he where he found Guardado. Yeah. Looked at him, said, "Hey, this guy's good." That's probably that. And, uh, who knows about Edson and stuff, and 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 Lainez and stuff, but I don't know if he was the one who spotted him or not. But he he seems to have a very good eye for young talent. I'm curious to see who will uh, be the next head coach from Mexico. I'm sure no one's uh, want. I, I, I'm sure that position has been open and no one's been applying, dude. That's a, that's a, <laughs> Wait, that's a suicide so. mission. I, no, nah, I think dude, the coach from Uruguay wants to. Who? The Almada? one Pachuca's coach. Almada? No, they brought it up to him, and he's he's being very uh, diplomatic about it. So. Well, I think he's playing for change from Uruguay, but then Uruguay already get the replacement. No, well, the Bielsa thing's not official. Oh, okay. Mex Mex is one of the highest paid ones. If not, he'll take Mexico. Highest oh, paid, but you'll never be able to coach yeah. again. No, that's not true. You still coach, bro. Come on, look at Vasco. What happened to Sven Goran Eriksson? What what happened? Put that what happened to Chepo? What happened to? Uh... No, they all coach. Chepo went. What happened to Osorio? What's Osorio doing nowadays, bro? He's in Colombia, dude. He's... Piojo doesn't he have a job. Piojo went to coach Tigres, dude. He made good money. Yeah, and he flopped there, too. It's a suicide job. Almeida wanted a job, right? Yeah. He still does, man. He's, he's just an alter. Yeah. And he has a... It was sad because, like, he was not nominating himself, but he was never considered. <laughs> Almeida was the Argentino we needed for this World Cup. I agree. I Al agree. Almeida um, was a coach that we needed because he's good in the knockout tournaments, not so good in the regular season. Yeah, and I think part of it is he knows how to hype his players up, you know? All you got to do is put his hair through his fingers, or his, his fingers through his hair, and <laughs> start talking about how he, he loves Mexicans more than Mexicans, and and that will get everyone to to play for him. But honestly, that's what you need from a coach. You need either someone who's really good at motivating or you need someone who's a genius and blows you away. And you're like, oh, wow, I want to learn so much from this guy. And I feel like Tata was neither one. He wasn't a motivator and he wasn't a genius. What's Mourinho up to nowadays? I would love Mourinho to coach a national team. No. Mourinho needs to coach Brazil. Uh, Ancelotti is coaching Brazil. No, I think he said no. No, you know, Guardiola needs to coach Brazil. Mourinho needs to coach. Guardiola uh, would probably Portugal. coach uh, Catalonia. I don't what? think. Why would he? I don't think he would ever coach like Spain. He mentioned Mexico. He mentioned Mexico. Oh, uh, dude, if we got Guardiola, <gasps> he would. We still, no we would still suck. We would just like. suck looking good. <laughs> Guardiola <laughs> comes into a team, gets rid of a bunch of guys, and buys a lot of guys that fit his style. And Brazil's that national team for him. He likes players yeah. that can dribble. Guardiola has said, if a player can dribble, I can make him adapt to my style. But Brazil's perfect for him. We got player. We got plenty of players that dribble, bro. We got the Antunas of the world. We have the Chukis of the world. <laughs> even our even our defenders like to dribble a lot, dude. I just I don't think we have all the players that. But uh, Guardiola would love El Tiba, right? <laughs> Dude, Thiba likes to play like a striker at times. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Go back to defending. <laughs> um, it was funny. No, but but to, to finish up my real quick, uh, yeah. my Liga MX, 
don't don't be surprised with Nachoquatl or yes. uh, <laughs> and then uh I think honestly I think Chivas is gonna finish no lower than sixth. Oh wow on the table on the table, yeah. Okay. That shouldn't be surprising, I mean they've been they've been close to six for the past three, four seasons. I don't I don't and, like, like three no points close. Fifth. I don't know, man. I just want yeah, them want... to win a title, and I don't really care what position they end up in. That's... So with them winning a ti- them winning a title is is, is kind of uh, it's, it's gonna be hard to tell because uh, you know yeah they they played pretty well in the in that tournament for the preseason, but uh, it's a little different in regular season. But I do think this 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 guy Pauno is uh, is getting through to some of these players. And they have they have uh, Guzman. I think he's a really good player, and mm-hmm. it's the type of player they're missing. They have yeah. been missing. Yeah, uh, I will say. Let's Brizuela, please. He has given uh, breath or new life to uh, these players that were not considered under other coaches, right? So, like a lot of players that came back from loan, like your Mayorgas, your Ronaldo Cisneros. Players that were completely erased from the team now have an opportunity with a new coach with a completely fresh perspective, doesn't know all the other things. And, and it's exciting, you know. Um, a lot of players that are going to, you know, go to bat for him, at least in the beginning. And we just had good news uh, today with uh, Tonio leaving to Cholos and uh, Pablo Rizrar. He's going to Querétaro, so... A lot of dead weight gone from the team. Bonts is gone too, bro. I think that's a win in itself. Yeah. So, I'm excited. They they really look good in the preseason, but it doesn't always translate to the regular season. Uh, but we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not not go uh, super optimistic because I've done that in the past and you know. No, this is the year. It just feels different. I'm telling you. <laughs> it feels different. Hey, yeah. I'm saying jornada cinco, seis, siete, around that middle of the tournament. Pocho, JJ, Vega, Piojo, Nene, uh, Flores. Like, if that whole midfield and offense is clicking, that scene looks really good. I just hope Betis Bouquet gets, Bouquet gets oh, opportunities. See that? Puente. Like a bunch of guys that can't start or coming off the bench. I just feel like this club actually has some depth. Yeah. Excited for for the season to kick off on that, Friday. That, that was definitely the feel that I got too. Is is uh, that that there's a possibility of having some depth, uh, in particular with seeing those young players and the way that they played with with you know with such enthusiasm and hustle and stuff. The man. only the only concern I have is the defense. That's the only concern. And goal. And goalie. Yep. And we play Monterrey on Saturday at seven. So. They're not giving us an easy opponent, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, Vegas doesn't like us. They put us a plus 325. Oh, okay. I don't really know what that means in gambling terms, but. Uh, That means for every dollar you, for every $100 you bet, they give you 325. And for every $100 you bet for Monterrey, they give you 60. Oh, okay. So they're the favorite. Yeah, by a lot. Damn. Well, I think it's probably a good time to play Monterrey instead of playing them mid-season where they're picking up steam, no? I mean, yes. this might be a good time to, to be playing them as opposed to, to later in the season. That's true. 
All right, folks, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 367? Yes, I do. Uh, blooper uh, 2022. You know how ESPN has top 10? Yeah. Uh, not top 10. This is my not top 10 number one. Uh, World Cup final. Messi, most Instagram-like picture of all time. He was holding a fake trophy. Uh, some fans got a fake World Cup replica trophy on the that they wanted their family to sign. Messi somehow got a uh, hold of it. His whole Olympic run around the stadium, him on top of all the players' shoulders and everything, the whole time it was a replica. Di Maria had to walk up to him <laughs> and tell him that he had the original, and then Messi laughed, they hugged, and then he got told the original. Well, that picture you see him on everybody's shoulders, he's literally holding the fake that some fans... I did not know him. that. Uh, yeah, Salt Bay had the real one all along. Yeah, no, look it up. This is not like Shit. some random tweet. This is like <clears throat> coming all from like legit news sources. That's so, fucking yeah. epic, dude. I wonder you know what the trophy's at. Hey, when the you trophy get matches the player. Fake as games, fuck. It makes sense. <laughs> dude. Um, that's a very good closing thought. I didn't know that. That was fun. Tomas, thanks for hopping on, man. Uh, we yeah. definitely uh, yeah. want to. Sorry for uh for bringing the no, depressed field tonight, man. It's uh, good. That's what we're all about, man. I'll have to find see if there's an equivalent of the uh the Italian cantina podcast. See what they're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, no, we definitely encourage you to come back and and you know join us anytime. Um, I don't know if you have any. Any hot takes or closing thoughts you want to add? No, it's just uh, I'm uh, like I said, I, I I used to be a lot more in tune with the the club. Uh, it's um, it's always good to hear from people that are a lot more knowledgeable. See what the future looks like. Um, I hope I hope there's hope, but um, just going kind of going off of uh, things. Uh, hopefully, there's there's improvements to the way the young talent is developed. So. Uh, We'll see. Other way, either way, I'll uh, I'll be entertained by you guys. So. All okay. right, man. I just want to say we're not more knowledgeable. We're just talking out of our ass. <laughs> <laughs> Super elbow. What you got for us, Mike? I think I had my last bit there, man. Nacho Quattle and uh, Chila. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, Tomas had asked our take on Messi. I didn't. I didn't give it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, are we? It's... Are you guys? Uh, I brought that up because uh, I yes. was kind of trolling a little bit because uh, I remember. <laughs> you guys remember uh, Canelo was going in on yes. Messi. I think he kind of. I, I don't know. Just my opinion. I believe Canelo probably read that wrong. Maybe in the heat of the moment, he was a little. He He's a hothead. He apologized you know? later, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was just wondering <clears throat> if you guys are happy for Messi or uh, what your thoughts were. I am, I am, I am actually happy for Messi. I, I, and it's crazy seeing him. It makes me feel really old because it's like he's at he's at the end of his career, and I remember I went to cover uh, a Barcelona game. They came to Los Angeles, and they were training at the UCLA uh, campus, and I had a press pass, so I went to go cover it. And he was 17 at the time. Oh shit! And I, and I went. Big reason I went was Marquez was there, right? He was with Pep, and it was Barcelona. And so Messi at the time, you heard about him, but no idea he was gonna be who he went on to become. You know, all those massive records he was breaking and and all of that. Um, 
Little did you know you missing greatness, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and the other the other thing that the other guy I was wanted to go see there was Gio. So Gio and him, they had him and like it was like four or five from from the La Masia Canterano. I think. Yeah, Rojan Creek, Kirk, whatever, and I don't remember the other dudes, but it was Troopy seeing them right there training, and Ronaldinho was, of course, the, one of the, main, the main attractions. And so I remember just watching them, and then I just never really kept up through the years, and then I'm watching the fucking World Cup, and it's like, his last World Cup, I'm like, fuck, dude, where the fucking time went? You know, I started with this little kid, now he's about to retire, and so it's trippy. It's like surreal to me sometimes, like, like kind of remembering that shit. Like, I, I want to attach a quick moment to that same summer. Uh, look it up. It's a video with Kobe uh, when they did visit, and uh, he met with Ronaldinho, and Ron, and he's like, "Hey, you're the best." Blah blah blah. He's like, "No, Kobe, Kobe." There's this kid, and like points at him. He's like, "That's gonna be the best player of all time." He's like, "No, you're the best player of all Damn. time." Yeah, look it up. Uh, it's that oh, same shit. exact summer, that same exact same yeah. summer. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll be honest, Cristiano's my goat, but I do respect yes, Messi for everything he's done. Uh, you know, he's a genius. He's probably the most talented player ever born. I just think Cristiano was more clutch throughout his career. But that Kobe interview, speaking about Messi and Ronaldinho, that was pretty cool. Ah, that's really cool. I'll I'll close with uh, I am happy for uh, for Messi. And it closes the door on 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 who was better between Ronaldo and and uh, Messi. Ooh. Oh, throwing throwing shade right there. <laughs> yeah, I could I could care less about Messi. I hate Messi. Fuck him. <laughs> Damn. Fuck him and the national team, bro. I I really. Do you think Argentina cares about what Mexico? No, dude, I don't Someone care about that. Someone gave Jaime a really bad choripan. No, nah, man, to someone's gotta hate, bro. <laughs> I don't, I don't care about Messi, dude. I've... I don't care about him. No, but but you know what? It's you don't have to care, but it's like and and just recently Pele passed away, and you know we should have acknowledged here at the cantina, rang the three bells. Pour um, one out for him. <laughs> yes, pour one. For one after the homies, um, he and those are players that mark, go on to mark like a, you know, I don't know how to say it, epoca, like go on to be very significant. Mm-hmm. And you don't, we, See, there's not that many I, that you're I, gonna I end agree. up seeing. We're I, lucky that we had that, that, that Ronaldo Messi for years. That was, I think, for all of us that got to see football, we were very lucky to see like that rivalry. That was huge, yeah. Well, it's crazy because we got to see it in real time, whereas Pele and Maradona, you kind of had to compare eras, right? And we're, yeah, we were literally yeah, exactly. seeing it in the same like league at one point. So I think we were a little bit spoiled in that matter. But I will yep. say, like, I do agree. You had like the Pele era and like that being iconic. Then you had the Maradona era. And now you have like Ronaldo and Messi. But I just feel like this was way too like forced and fabricated for Messi to win this World Cup, and he ended up getting it. Good for him. But I will always think back about the opportunity for us as Mexico as a as a country. We had the opportunity <laughs> to fucking eliminate them, and we didn't. 
And for that reason, like fuck Messi and fuck Argentina. Sorry, I don't, I don't care. Just so you know, that was Tomas's fault right there. Hey, and, I bet you now the players, if there's any any rogue league I makes or a national team player that's listening to this podcast right now, he's going to be like, you know what? This justifies our loss. We lost to the GOAT. So, no, uh, that's some that's weak, that's some, that's some weak <laughs> mental midget but, shit, bro. But, nah. hey, but hey, we said it. We said it. It's a yeah. full of NPCs. So no, some, no, you're true. Right. some of the true. players, when Argentina won under Instagram, they uploaded a pic of that game, the Argentina-Mexico game, where they're next to Messi, and they're like, congrats, Messi. There, oh you yeah. there you go. What? There's, yeah, a, there's no, there's no killer instinct. There's no leadership. Everyone, killer instinct, man. Everyone is gonna tell their kids about how they played against Messi and got their ass beat. It's like, <laughs> like that's like that's like something that they're gonna be proud of. And I'm just like, <laughs> pathetic, bro. We should be talking well, about. That? We should be talking about our next like star player or whatever. We shouldn't be talking about. Well, that's- Messi. It just shows how big. It just shows how big of a player he is. Dude, we, we're not we Indonesia, have, bro. We're not India. We're not over here. Like we have true, players, bro. Man. We have a we have a great league. We have a great country. It's 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 the time that we stop looking up to these fucking other countries and start making us like in that level. And it's gonna take a long time. I might not see it in my lifetime, but I'm so sick and tired of like Mexico looking exterior when we got a lot of shit going for us here man and and with that i'm I'm gonna end it right there um i'm glad liga mekis is returning and and i encourage you guys to uh return back next week and thank you guys so much yes sir thanks guys